railway ties to ensure that the corpses didn't float to the surface. And then there were the Irish terrorists who dragged widowed mothers from their homes and tortured them in secret before shooting them in the head and burying their bodies on some desolate stretch of beach. When the deed was done, they returned with clear consciences to their own families and communities, there to pass the desolate orphan children on the street, continuing to do so for decades after, in a strange dance of murderers and victims, each party knowing the identity of the other, but never confronting the truth of what had been done. And so the dance went on. Ormsby, who was depraved beyond comprehension, thought he might have enjoyed fighting for freedom if he could have passed some of his time so pleasantly. The misery for those left behind lay in not knowing, in uncertainty. It was sadism refined to its purest essence. Ormsby's house appeared before him. He turned into the driveway and activated the garage door. The garage connected directly to the house through the utility room, which in turn had another door leading to the basement. It meant that he was able to move his victims easily, and without being noticed. He pulled into the garage, killed the engine, and hit the button on his key fob a second time, causing the door to begin its descent. He was already out of his car and poised to open the trunk when he saw that the door had frozen. Ormsby stared at it. He tried the button again. Nothing happened. The door didn't even jerk slightly, as might have been expected if the mechanism had somehow become fouled. He took a flashlight from the shelf and checked the door's workings, but could see nothing wrong. The street beyond appeared empty, but the door was not even a quarter of the way down, and while the light was fading, it was not yet dark enough to guarantee that he wouldn't be seen by one of his neighbors if he tried to move the child. Regardless of this, he couldn't just leave the door unsecured. The garage was connected to his house alarm, and the button on the fob automatically deactivated it. His home was now vulnerable, and it wasn't as if he could call someone to take a look at the door, not with a child tied in a sack in the trunk of his car. The girl was kicking again, he could hear her, and the lid of the trunk shook with the impact. He tried the button one more time, and miraculously, the door began to descend. He held his breath until it stopped again an inch or two from the floor. It wasn't perfect, but from the outside it would appear closed. He'd worry about it again in the morning, once the girl was dead. Ormsby turned on the garage's interior light. Only now did he open the trunk of the car. The child in the sack was wriggling and screaming against the material, He'd managed to get cable ties around her hands by working fast, but not her legs. They remained free, and the best he'd been able to do was cinch the drawstring of the sack around her shins and tie it off. He'd been forced to hit her once to stun her, but he hadn't enjoyed it and had no desire to do it again. Ormsby spoke. If you keep making noise, you'll force me to hurt you, he said, and I don't want to hurt you. Keep quiet and listen to me. The child stopped moving. He could see the sacking inflating and deflating where it was closest to her mouth. She was sobbing. I'm going to help you out of the car. 
If you struggle, you risk falling, and the floor here is hard. Also, if you try to lash out at me, you'll make me strike you, and I hate striking children. Not if you understand. There was a pause, and he saw the girl nod. Good. Now I'm going to help you out of the trunk. He leaned in carefully, still wary of her, and he was right to be. As soon as she sensed him drawing close, she tried to swing at him with her legs, hoping to catch him on the head with her knees or her feet. Objectively, he had to admire her spirit. But he couldn't risk incurring a broken nose or even a bruise to his face. Any injury might be enough to raise suspicions, even in the case of harmless Roger Ormsby. He stepped back. I warned you, he said. Now you're going to make me do something that I didn't want to do. The girl.